The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Welcome to another scintillating episode of Wolves Fancast. The, the keys to the Fancast car have been entrusted with me, Adam Price, tonight. It's been a while since I've driven this particular car, and my passengers tonight are Gully. Hello, guys. Stu Hall. In the back seat, as always. Well, and a man who's <laughs> frequented many a back car back seat in his <laughs> lifetime, Lee Thompson. Hey, you doing that? You're right. But the biggest news of the weekend. Uh, probably was expected news given that you know the silence we brought in uh, is that we aren't going to change managers and get Stu's mate Marco Silver in. We're going to keep Nuno for three more years. He signed up for three more years. I guess, as I say, really, as I said, just really, it, it, probably we never really doubted this was going to happen given the players that we'd signed. So yeah. would you say that this was this was expected and only really a matter of time? Yeah, I never doubted it. No. Like you just said, you wouldn't get anyone signing without assurances on a manager being here and vice versa. But he's always done it the same way What before he got his contract extension in the first first place. He was always like, well, I'm under contract. I'll do my work. And that was mm. like, after, the, after he won promotion from the champ, after he won the championship and he got a year extra on the back of that, was, was it that year? Um, so it was just Nuno and Nuno's way. And you've got to think about, it's not just him, is it? It's the... 14, 15 other blokes behind him who are also going to be tied down as well. So it ain't just getting him in a room and I'll oh, just, here's your pen. You're talking about a, a lot of people, half of them have been on holiday for a while. So oh, I, I, it was never in doubt for me. I feel like the, it's more become a story just in the media, isn't it? That started to kick up a bit of a storm just because it's that dreaded last 12 months of any person's contract in football that. You know, you talk about you know the players that have one year left on the contract and their value diminishing. Oh, they're going to sell them if they they don't sign up. They're going to go on a free, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, you know, it's more of a story in the media than it probably was at Wolves. You know, they might have just pushed Wolves to go. Oh, well, actually, let's just to just to kind of get it out of the way. Let's get it done. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously played the the situation a little bit by by calling out probably that we needed more additions to the squad, but. At the end of the day, he's not going to get the, the you know the favourable scenario that he's in at Wolves anywhere else with the whole George Mendes links and you know the the kind of squad that he's managed to put together. It's all been you know to suit him. So where why would he go anywhere? Exactly. I think the I think uh, the, me, the media used to have him linked to Arsenal, didn't they? But I don't think that was really a thing, was it? I mean, I don't. Obviously, Arsenal are a bigger club than Wolves. They've done better than us for, for decades. But 
when you're talking the here and now, I don't see what Arsenal offer that, that we can't over the next five five or ten years. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if over the next five seasons we finished above Arsenal in three or four of them five seasons. I think they're a club that yes, going, they're a club that's going backwards. I just don't see it as as a positive move. I think it at best it's a sideward step. It's but you know it's 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 a big win for us. It's a signing of the summer because um, I think without. Oh, Brighton have just scored cracking goal. But I think um, I think without Nuno, the whole project doesn't work. Nuno's the glue. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, you, and you see when we played, was it Olympiacos at the end when everyone was engaged on every last word that he says and Yeah, it was all that's the, boys. That, that's the sign of great management and leadership that is, and and that's what you need at this sort of level. What I, I will say Go on, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, I still think Nuno's got some convincing to do in terms of is he actually ready to be like a top four club level manager? I, I still, yeah. You know, like you touched on, it's not just Nuno; it's it's the whole backroom staff, and it's great to see that we've got a backroom staff on the touchline. And and oh my God, what a goal! <laughs> We're not supposed James. to. Sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. Live, up, again, live, live updates here. Because <laughs> um, they're all a bit, they're all a bit of a shit house, are they? You know, you see a tackle going, and they're all <laughs> off the bench. You just know that they're constantly in the ears of the opposition, and it's nice to see because we've lacked that for probably since our generation have been supporting Wolves. Dave Jones would have done that, would he? No. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say, can I just say, welcome to the Chelsea and Brighton fans that have tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to see this goal by Reese James. It's absolutely <laughs> super. I think when um, when Nuno signed his contract, he talked of um, like new cycles and new cycles of a team, and got me wondering if there'd be any like big changes going forward. Not necessarily in formation, because we know he's quite wedded to you know, the two formations that he uses. But I felt like as if he kind of was referencing towards players coming and going, whether that was anything directly barbed at the, towards the fallout of Doherty, basically saying or inferring that, you know, we were always on the lookout for players. Yes, we've got this group of players right now, but if we see any other players in whatever position they are, we think we'll push this forward better to achieve our goals, we'll get them. So I think, do you think he's talking that ill every year? He, he's quite happy to change quite a lot of the players in his team. I think it's, it's needed. I yeah, think it's... Keeping... was in the Premier League before under Mick McCarthy, he had his favourites, he had his friends, he had his his, his little babies and there was never good enough and he, he just wouldn't change them. Um, I mean, you look at Nuno and he's been quite ruthless. Barry Douglas had an absolutely fantastic season in the Championship, wasn't up to standard, got rid of him. Matt Doherty, he's had a good two years. Me personally, I don't think Doherty's the level where, we, where we're heading. Um, so... But then his, his stats speak for themselves. You know, it's hard to argue against Matt Doherty. But obviously, Nuno knows a hell of a lot more than all of us. And he's, he's ruthless. He's cutthroat. I think the same if Jota has another poor season. is another one that you could see won't be a Wolves player next season. Because Nuno, he's, again, great management, great leadership skills. If if you're not good enough, sorry, but we're going to get in somebody that is. Well, he, and he was talking about in sorry, on video, weren't he? That he was saying about um, we've lost friends along the way, and he mentioned Danny Bart. So 
straight off, isn't is our captain exactly. not good enough? Yep. Bye exactly. bye. So it's like you said, you stole all the words out of my mouth yet again. That Barry Douglas was the one that came to mind <laughs> straight away when you think, yeah, there you go. There's one who no one expected to leave, but got rid of, upgraded. Because, well, £16 million in the end for Johnny. Bargain. So, yeah. and who's to say that Oscar Burr's not a natural upgrade? <laughs> and then we all, ta- we all take the piss out of him. But he's still, he's still here and he's still on the bench. And now he's, he's come on and he didn't do anything wrong tonight. And you think, well, if he, why is he still here? When Sanderson's been sent out on loan. Where's he gone? No, last season, I mean. Oh, sorry. So, but he, where if it was the other way around and Berg gone out on loan and Sanderson was on the bench, you'd think, okay, fine, he needs some experience. But he's been around the squad for three years. Well, got into his fourth season now and he's made his debut in the Premier League tonight. So they've got to see something in him. I, I, I mean, when you put it into the context of he's been there for four years and he's only made six appearances, I guess that says something about it as well, doesn't it? It don't make any sense why he's still here. I think it's just that he's, he's our insurance policy, isn't he? Um, you know, just in case the shit really does hit the fan and we are in a bit of a precarious situation. And I'll you know, take Nuno's word on it that the squad is not complete, as he says. So, yeah. yeah. Going on to the first game of the season that's just finished over an hour or so ago. Sheffield United, first game of the season. Always look forward to, to the opening day. Optimism is high. Um, gents, what did we think of the team news when it was announced? I think the, the two standouts were that Marcel got his debut and that Neves was out. What did we, what did we think? Talk to us about the team. Was you in favour or were you against it? I was excited. Just to have a, just to have a bench again. Yeah. Than anything else. <laughs> I mean... Neves, I mean, he wasn't going to play both of them again since both of them did play quite a bit for Portugal as well as playing for us only four weeks ago. So one of them had to, had to kind of drop down. But putting Mar- Marcel straight in was a bit of a surprise considering what he normally does with new players. Um, but apart from that, I thought we all expected a trial right right back, right, right wing back. So I thought it was just positive. And I, I, I don't know, I, I thought... Like we'd all kind of taught ourselves into thinking that it was going to be three-five-two, in a way, because of how we played last season against them, and then to line up like that and to be so positive, I was really surprised. Yeah, no, I think um, you know, having looked at the line, I, I was again, you know, of the opinion that it would be three-five-two again. But you look at the interview that Nuno gave when he signed his contract and stuff, and the idea is that we are more proactive as a team. We are going to try and dominate the ball a little bit more, and that lends itself to. The three forwards, I think. I think when we um, we play three five two, we don't have enough ahead of the ball to actually try and keep it. You know, there's always everyone's always behind it, and I actually quite like the idea of Dendonka plus one uh, at the moment. I think he he gives us that extra pair of legs that you know really can get about the pitch. He's making some good runs, and that you know what ended up looking. Like a three-four-three on paper, it didn't. It didn't work that way. I think Neto was dropping into, you know, midfield positions. Pedence was kind of floating around free, and Jimenez was popping up. He was at right back at one point, <laughs> floating all over the place. So there's clearly been something worked on in this preseason in this short time, which is totally alien compared to what we were doing last season. So um, kudos to Nuno for actually making that change. Well, you said then after the after the game, um, well, it was on the football daily that Jimenez. He said that some players have only been back for four days. And to, to drill that into him in four days. Yeah, it's amazing. 
you know, Marcel, you know, on his day, I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail, but, you know, he's only been here a week, hasn't he? So, yeah. And that front three looks, uh, to me, the minute when I saw that on the team sheet, I thought it's a very exciting front three. Um, Pedence, Neto and Jimenez. And that's probably our most exciting and attacking front three, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, I think it, it just offers a lot of a lot of pace. You've got a lot of players that are, are running at defenders as well, causing problems. And then, obviously, when Traore is getting in, you've got a four then of Pedence, Neto, Jimenez and Traore. Mm. Which, if we're being honest, that's got to be one of the one of the most attacking teams in the league. Um, okay, Liverpool, very attacking going forward. Man City, Sterling, Aguero. Who, who else did Man City play high? Mahrez. Mahrez. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, but, again, it's it's just exciting, like Stu said. It's nice to have a, have a bench. What was our options off the bench last season? You're looking at Kilman, Jordao, uh, Bennett, Gibbs White, not Two good keepers. enough. No, you know, we, Jota was an unused sub today. Good, exactly. Good, all right, it's Steve. Give him a break, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, Jota's still, even though he's been very hit and miss over the last six months or so, maybe even longer than that. Um, for, for an option off the bench, it shows good squad depth, which is what we haven't had for the mm. last two seasons. Let's go on to the game then. So, who saw two goals in six minutes coming? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Sheffield United definitely didn't, did they? <laughs> we always start so slow as well. So, it was refreshing to see us start on... It's oh, st- Sorry, Chelsea have scored again. Um, it was refreshing to see us start on the front foot and just give, give ourselves a little bit of breathing space because... We seem to get off on allowing teams into games. It's like <laughs> we need those early goals. Because how many times last season and the season before, you know, we was playing, I don't know, Watford at home, Huddersfield at home, Southampton at home, whoever, and we'd be 1-0 down in the first 15 minutes. Well, I can think of now is what Luke's Luke saying, Wolves get off on being nil nil at half time. I can think nil nil, just get himself off. Oh, we're, we're, we're nil nil again at half time. Brilliant. <laughs> He's right though. He's right. We we used to. I mean, last season, the amount of times we'd we'd almost play forty five minute matches because for the first half we wouldn't actually come out and do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was you know I remember, I remember you know, Newcastle away. We got one nil down. And then we batter him second half. And you think, well, we could have done that for 90 minutes, lads, and that gives you a much greater chance of scoring two goals. So what the hell have you been playing at? But this is where we've got to come on as a football team now. And this is where, you know, Nuno's got to convince again, like, you know, prove he's moved on as a manager. Yeah, there's, when there, there was, there's things about that start as well. I think it was, it kind of shocked everyone that when we, if we hadn't got the second straight away, I think we would have carried on battering them for the first for the whole first half because they were just there for the taking. And I think once Wolves get two 0 up, it's game over anyway. We know that no no one's coming back. Well, it's going to be very very rare if someone comes back from. Let's not talk about FA Cup semi finals. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Very very rare. Um, But yeah, to say that last season we only lost four points from winning positions or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it's, like it's been like that since Nuno took over, I think. Fantastic hasn't it? record, yeah. though. Ridiculous. Stats. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> I'm here for, boys. Robbing oh, other people. Did, uh... And Chelsea and Brighton updates. 
Yeah, has yeah, Timo yeah. Werner scored, Luke? Is he, is he my dream team? No, he's not. He won the penalty. No, devastated. Um, question then for the uh, for the group. Do we think that Traore at right wing back worked? No. <laughs> no. no. I was I was kind of championing his cause because I remember the game where the infamous game where he started at wing back and then moved up front and we won seen in at Man City and it was all about Traore, Traore. And to be fair. He was part of a team that kept a clean sheet against Man City and he'd done a good job. Um, but the amount of time second off that they managed to get in down the left-hand side, um, down the channel, in between Bolly and Troy all right. Billy Sharp was just kept getting into good positions. I'm like, I'm sorry, that it's just Billy Sharp. What, what, what are we playing at here? <laughs> um, but he... He just hasn't got that natural defensive instinct to just be in the right position. I think it's yeah. it's in it's something you, you can't necessarily coach. Sometimes you know he's obviously his idea of football has always been going forward, forward, forward all, all the time. And, you know, just even just checking your shoulders and simple stuff like that, it, it just doesn't do it. Well, you can you kind of saw that in the second when he got pushed for, further forward, where he was being way too too selfish. He was like making up for lost time kind of thing, um, rather than releasing the ball and just having to go himself from ridiculous ridiculous angles and <laughs> distances from goal. But yeah, he was he was like a complete fish out of water. He like he never played there in his life. It was really weird. Yeah, and that's not like training someone in four days. He's done it before, like you said, Gully. He played really well when he did a job on Sterling, and it was just odd. What I will say is Sheffield United, they're an awkward team to play. They do the whole overlapping centre-half yeah. thing and they always seem to have an extra body on each wing. So it can become a situation where you're getting like a three-on-two or something like that. And that's not easy for anyone to defend against. You know, Marcel would have had to deal with that. But Marcel being a natural defender just has a little bit more of an edge in that, those kind of scenarios than Traore, where he's, he's kind of, you know, just, just looks so lost. Talk to me about the Rasmus's Premier League debut. He did okay. He did exactly what you'd ask of him. He, he, he didn't do anything spectacular. Why he's got Rasmussen on the back of his shirt when no one calls him that? <laughs> he's, he's, he's using his actual name, but no, not his actual name on the, on the team sheet or the programmes or anything. Very strange. But yeah, he's, um, I think the lack of his um, curtains in honour of Dave leaving the podcast, I think that's the, uh, that's the main thing to take away from today. But no, he, he did well. He did He's never let us down. That's the thing about him. In his six appearances, in all probably twenty-five minutes of time on the pitch, he's never let us down. So he saved like, just the he, one time, didn't he? he, like, he against got that equaliser against yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's talk about the goals then. Uh, I mean, Jimenez's goal, amazing. Um, but then it wasn't just that; it was also the build-up play. So what was it? What was that to enjoy about Jimenez's first goal? Perdens putting someone on their arse within two minutes of the game, <laughs> <laughs> which is always nice to see. But when, especially considering he's, how small he is as well, you'd expect him to just roll around on the floor, but he just, he's got that kind of thing that Jota has where he don't, he don't like being knocked over. He just gets on with it. Um, and you put other players, like even Neto, would Neto have gone down there? Probably, especially how far away from goal it was. His, his determination and then... That that kind of technique that Jimenez scored with you is because I thought straight away I thought back to the Burnley game. I know it was a slightly different kind of strike, but just the composure on him, it was just first class. Exactly the what he fin- did. The finish was unbelievable. Like he just totally instinctive. I think he's better when he doesn't have time to really think about some of these yeah, things. Yeah, he just has those um, instinctive finishes and just to guide it the way he did technically is 
you know, so many strikers would just kind of slash at that and, uh, you know, put it, you know, 10 feet over the bar. But, you know, that first half, I'll, I'll say, it, it was probably the best I've seen him play for 45 minutes. He was absolutely unreal. Anything coming into his feet, little flicks around the corner, the way he linked up with Pedence and Neto, um, securing the ball. He seemed to just have a little bit more responsibility and he took it and thrived on it. Um, you know, I, I still think, you know, for the last six months of last season, he kind of called a few in. Um, we, despite the fact he was scoring goals every now and then, I don't think he was necessarily playing as well. And maybe it was trying to conserve his energy because of the amount of games that we had. And we had literally nobody to come on in his place. But um, today, unreal. Absolutely unbelievable. He was, he was almost playing like, like he was captain. And yeah, he, he, yeah. It, was, it was down to him at times. I mean, second second half he did he did kind of calm down a little bit on well other than being at right back for no real reason <laughs> for five minutes but yeah, even from corners and everything he was clearing everything he was putting himself on the line it was it was a great if it weren't for Sace, he would have been absolutely standout man of the match by a mile oh, if you've called it already Steve I was going to say that yeah. oh we'll see great great minds <laughs> <laughs> and then what about Sace's goal. Bullets. This is Gary, Gary Neville calling out goalkeepers again. He does it every week, every single week. He wants to blame the keeper for a goal being conceded. It was a great header from Saiso, wasn't it? It's unbelievable from that yeah, distance. He wants to blame the goalkeeper for that. He's, he's got some, some good power behind that. Um, I thought Saiso's all-round game today was absolutely fantastic. I was quite impressed with Dendonka. Because uh, I think sometimes you look at... Um, Say if Neves or Martino is missing from the team. And if it's not them two in the middle, you think, oh, fucking hell. But he's coming. He's, he's done a really good job today. And, and to be fair, it's, it begs a question. It, it's got to raise Neves' game now. So when Neves does start ahead of Dendonka, he's got to play well. Otherwise, you look at the squad depth now. Neves or even Martino, you have two or three bad games and, you know, you get in the hook. Well, I'll, I'll go back to Everton after lockdown last season, um, was Dendonka and Neves in the middle. Yeah. And I thought that worked really, really well. Um, so, like I say, I think Dendonka plus one, you know, for me, interchangeable. Neves and Martino are at the moment because you need his legs in there. You need you need that little bit of physicality, I think. I'm coming back with the stat, stat pack again. <laughs> Nev- uh, Dendonka was involved in 57 games for us last season, joint top with Conor Cody. Yeah, played in, yeah, whether it was coming on or starting, I think he played in every game. I never, ever would have thought that. I thought he might, might have, if he played 57 games, he might have been involved in, I don't know, 40, 45. Yeah. Well, 57, that's fair play. The, the thing about Dendonka, though, he, he, wasn't even, he wasn't even mentioned in commentary for the first, first half hour, at least. He, he, like, he doesn't, though, he doesn't. He does, he's, he's never gonna. He goes under the radar, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. My um, my my booth, he was going to put him in his um in his fantasy team, and I said, well, unless you want running stats, yeah, you know, you're not really <laughs> going to get anything from him from that. Kind Do you of get work. points for distance covered on yeah. fantasy Premier League? <laughs> uh, and so, if, uh, if one of the other players made his debut, Marcel, how do we think he got on? Like like we say, he's he's not been in the club long. He seems to have slotted in quite nicely, really. Um, that, that left-hand side with, say, some Marcel is going to be a bit of a yellow card fest as the season goes on. But to be honest, I'm all for it. Bit, bit of shit-housing down that side of the pitches, I'm all for it. 
Uh, did either either of them get one today? Marcel did. Marcel got one. I was so so annoyed. It's after you mentioned that earlier in the group chat, and I thought, which one should I go for for the the, uh, over 10 corners? Wolves win. One of them get booked, and I got I put Sage down to get booked. The wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen to one. I think with Marcel, I thought I thought he had a, a solid game. Um, a player with Champions League experience like that, he's always going to be half decent. People forget that in Brazilian football, as much as it's about flair and skills and whatnot, it's brutal. They are it's one of the dirtiest leagues in in the world, I think. So you know him. Him actually kind of being brought up in that kind of environment probably, you know, stands him in good stead physically um, for the Premier League. And you can see he loves he loves a tackle and he's putting his foot in. Um, so, yeah, long may that continue. And, you know, good luck to Vinagre trying to get his place back. <laughs> That's the thing. We, we've got options now. It's all right, because Vinagre will play because Marcel will get at least three red cards this season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, might get, he might get a few games. And if so, not him, Saiz gets suspended and Marcel tucks in anyway. Yeah, so, everyone yeah. is a winner. So, <laughs> to, to round off on that game, then who, who will be giving their man of the match to? There's a, few, there's a few obvious contenders. So, I'll go round as I see you all on my screen. I'll start top right, Gully first. Uh, Saiz, remain Saiz. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Got one for Saiz. Stu? Yeah, for, for all round... Entire game performance, it's got to be safe. You know, you didn't mention again how, how excellent Jimenez was in the first half, but he did tail off mm. when we started sitting deeper, as Wolves will do to you. Um, but yeah, safe, safe for me, no question. Lukey, what about you? Full house, full house on Robin safe. Full house for the Moroccan Maldini. Well, if you're going any different, price, eh? Do you know what? Based upon. Uh, how quick he was at the trap. So I was tempted to say Jimenez because he had a bit, he did, um, especially in the first half, he was just all action. But I do tend to agree with the group with Sace's say, say, all round game play. And also for that one, he headed off the line right towards the end of the, of the game as well. He was just everywhere. It's just like complete performance from him, really. Um, so I'm more than happy to give Sace. I don't know what we. I don't know what we pretend to give our man of the matches awards to yeah. nowadays. Banksy's answer. Oh, Banksy's Amber. Not Banks a brasserie, brasserie. Oh, We've moved on from the Aldi brasserie. <laughs> anyway, Sais hopefully oh. enjoys that. Adam, before we move on, shout out to Mike Dean and his assistants for calling three foul throws in one half. Because <laughs> I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that happen um, in a professional football match. That is Sunday league stuff that is solely reserved for. But Can there ever be an excuse at the elite level for foul throwings? No, but they do it all the time. It just never gets called out. It happens yeah. all the time. But, yeah, fair play. I mean, try all right... I say Traore taking throw-ins with one arm is all is quite <laughs> problematic and what this is being allowed to happen. Wasn't that clip online uh, about Patrice Evra playing for some Sunday league club and even he took a fell throw-in? Or was that George no, not but, to be a fell throw-in? No, because his, his feet were still on the line. There wasn't just, he wasn't just on the pitch Malcolm Ara style. There you go. So. I knew you'd know, Stu. <laughs> right, we'll call a break there. And then when we come back, we'll look ahead to Stoke and Man City. Have a cough in the break. <coughs> right, welcome back. Um, we're now going to look forward ahead to Wolves' next two games. Uh, because we're not in Europe anymore, we've got the glamour of being in the second round of the Carabao Cup. And we've truly got the glamour tie of Stoke at home. Um, 
Stoke. They finished 15th in the Championship last season. Um, I had to remind myself of what players they've got in the squad because I did have a, had a few Wolves knocking about. And it turns out they've got quite a few, actually. Danny Bart, Sam Vokes, Phoebe, Stephen Fletcher. So it will be a bit of a reunion with the, the Wolves' old boys. Let's just get the game out of the way, get some minutes under, under the belt for some of the fringe players um, and, and then just roll on Man City. If we win, we win. If we lose... Whilst it's annoying because you would like a cup run, second round of the League Cup, no one, no one cares about the League Cup once you go out in the second round, do they? No one even. Yeah. No one gives a shit. It's, it's one of them. You've got to take the football manager approach, which is, oh, you've got a game, change your team. If you win, you get through, and then all of a sudden you're in a quarter final, and you think, shit, I better actually take it seriously now. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> the only problem is that you got that the nonsense of the UEFA Conference Nations Nonsense League. <laughs> whatever its, it's a, actual name is. Is that, oh, that the thing? winner of the Carabao Cup's going to go into that? Yeah. Well, oh, let's let's leave it. Oh, we've become that team that after one season of the Europa League, we don't want it anymore. <laughs> oh, we've come there. Have you seen this Europa League 2.0 though? Yeah. It's going to be full of teams from fucking Liechtenstein and Army. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like the, the, the Voxel Vanarama Europa Conference. Let's you know say like Albanian electricians were playing. <laughs> that bad, right? The team that finishes third in their group in the Europa League drops down to it. What? <laughs> I swear they're not who finishes third in the Europa League groups. Celtic. The worst of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not for me. Not for me. But if we win the League Cup, I mean, sorry, when we win the League Cup, if we finish fifth, does that null and void this 2.0 Europa League crap? Yeah. yeah, because you go on your highest position. Do you know what would be amazing? If we won the League Cup, so we're in the Europa League 2.0, but then we finish fifth, and then somebody like Manu or Tottenham finish seventh. So I ended up in this <laughs> fucking absolutely wank. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Mourinho, Mourinho would celebrate that he'd be like yeah got the, got Spurs back into Europe again for another season Mourinho's on the pitch game we're playing Dynamo Minsk again get fucking in <laughs> Dynamo Minsk <laughs> so I'm guessing though we're looking to really yes there'll be changes we're expecting to see probably Ruddy in goal uh, I suppose Rasmus will play which means we won't have like Brian Bennett shoehorned in at right wing back, mm. as we saw a couple, couple of years ago against Man City in the Cup. But that's hey, a, that's a shout. He could play. Well, I, I mean, I, I said before, the end of the season pod last gone, I expect him to be first at the door. He's still here. I don't, there must be no takers for him. Let's, let's just cook time for someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, I would love it if we just become that ultimate shithouse team, like. Just cut tied him just for no reason. <laughs> we can. For, no, but bring him on for one minute at the end of the game. Don't even actually start him. <laughs> <laughs> and then sell him to Albion. <laughs> so we, we, could, we could expect uh, if, if Stoke were to play a front three, <laughs> they could play uh, a folks, a phobia and Fletcher up front. It ain't going to happen, of course. But I would, I would harbour any bets that. Uh, they ain't going to get anything out of us, really. I'd, I'd probably look to brush past them. I'd say, but probably... imagine a few years ago we'd have been excited about that forward line at Wolves. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'd, have actually, we'd have actually thought, you know what, lads, you stand a chance this year. Playoffs definitely. Yeah, we'll get some goals. <laughs> this is only like half a decade ago as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mental, isn't it? 
mental. And it's like we've had one season in the Europa League and we've been brushing off secondary European competition like we're prime Barcelona. Stephen Fletch is still one of my favourite strikers that we've had. He was, yeah, he, he, was, he was immense. Yeah. Falby was decent as well, to be fair. <laughs> at Wolves. Just been Folks, mm, Folks played his part. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> <laughs> the player wrong time, though, because he was too young, were he? Championship winner's medal, though. He's, he's happy. <laughs> Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, and of course, a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout-out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, Wolves Fancast. Please go check it out. But they're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. As much of a fraud Peppy's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> disposal. Come on, like it's a game we're gonna be underdogs. Man City are gonna be favourites. <sighs> My concern this season is when we've had good results against Man City, Man United, Chelsea, whoever else. I think a lot of that's come down to crowd participation, shall we say? And the atmosphere that the modern year generates, especially when we had some of those Saturday five thirty kickoffs. Um, and I think without that, like if we went, if you take last season's game against Man City when we was two 0 down, without the crowd and those shit VIR decisions that turned it into that toxic atmosphere, we wouldn't have won that game. The fans won us the game that day. I don't care what anyone says, and that's my concern. And Man City are going to be hurting from last season because they got embarrassed. Really, when you look at the squad, finished God knows how many points off Liverpool, so they're going to want to start on. On, on, on a strong footing. Um, still got De Bruyne, Sterling, Mares, Aguero. Got some fantastic players. It's, it's going to be a tough game. It'll be a tough game. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think... Go see, go see. No, I was, I was going to say, you can see the, the look of disgust in his face when he was reading off them names, thinking that, trying to praise Pep in any way possible. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think he showed in the Arsenal game as well during lockdown at the end of last season where it was just a kind of non-entity. As soon as they got in their stride, we, we had no answer to them. And that's kind of what I was mentioning the other day about this, about the crowd thing, that it does affect us and it shouldn't do because they're elite sportsmen. And, but it clearly does. And But then again, Man City are there to be got at. They're not the all-conquering brilliance. I mean, it, even when they were champions, we, we sorted them. <laughs> so it's... It's one of them things where I'm not, to not be scared of Man City anymore, and we can we can have a go despite having no fans and come back. If we just go from the start like we can again, like we did today, no fear, we could get a result out of them. And even, even they were even talking about there was a few of them when we signed Marcel, and, then, and there was a few of them saying, "Well, that's another thing to shit us up then." Because he played so well against Leon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you look at Man City as well, in, uh, and the defence is still suspect. Um, who who did the play right back now? Carl Walker still. 
again, he's getting old now. He's he's done. He's done. There's Otamendi, terrible. Fernandinho as a centre back, terrible. So they're there to be got at. Keep going, keep going. The can't play <laughs> Ake. Well, I'd be surprised if they played Ake and Laporte at the same time. Two left footed centre halves. And, and they're the only two decent defenders they've got at the club, really. That's a weird thing about that, isn't it? About, I mean, people play two right footed centre halves all the time, but the minute you put them left footers, everyone goes, <laughs> fuck, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. Like, what are you doing? It's like right footed left backs, they're a thing, but left footed right backs, that's an absolute no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he's, he was the last player to have done that. To have, he, was, he was a left, left, last left back to have been shoey horned in at right back. Can't really think of anyone, to be honest. Never happens. No, never happens. Never. So there you go. We're not scared of Man City. We, we're, we're not bothered about the League Cup. We are proper <laughs> big dicks now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, do you, what, what result are you expecting then from the game? What all, you know, what are you, uh, what you, we were obviously not scared of them, as we said, but what do you expect from result-wise? I think I think Luke's right in the sense that from what I remember of after lockdown without the crowds in, results pretty much went the way of the favourites most of the time. Uh, Alright then, that rounds up all the talk about uh, our next forthcoming games and that brings us swiftly on to the quiz. So, I've got, what have I got about uh, six, seven questions today. The first question I'm going to go to Gully with. Gully, are you ready? I am, always. So, 13 years ago this week, it's been a nice tea up there, isn't it? 13 years ago this week, Wolves lost 3-1 away to Sheffield United. Who scored our consolation goal that day? Sorry, 07, 2007? Yes. Thank you, I'm going to say... I went for that game. Yeah, I did as well. <laughs> I've asked it to the right person then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... I'm going to Andy Kia. Unfortunately, it was not Andy Kia. It was Stephen Elliott. I was going to say... Oh, bloody oh, hell. Well, I was actually going to say Stephen Collins because I forgot his name. <laughs> I hardly remember him scoring a goal for us. He was crap. Sleeves yeah, really bad. On question two, uh, as as this uh, is set up, uh, Luke and Stu get one go each at this question. So, question is: Seven years ago today, we beat Swindon Town three-two at Molyneux. Can you name one of our three goal scorers? Cheers, lads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, New Dicko. Luke's gone for New Dicko. What's she going to go for? Would it have been the prince? The Icelandic prince himself? You've gone, uh, you gone for Prince Bjorn. Yeah. Uh, do you want to blank again, chaps? You could have had any one of Scott Goldborn. Kevin Doyle Fo- Fo- or Kevin Foley. Foley scored, I remember. I'm assuming that Goldborn goal, was that when he just crossed it and it went in Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Ryan Mason scored an absolute screamer for them about 30 yards out from what I remember. I don't remember that. Yeah. Do not remember that. 
So that brings us swiftly on to the answer smash. So we're all, we're all in oh together. Oh, God, this is what we're all here for, really. Uh-huh. So first one of the answer smash is former Wolves and City winger where Apollo 13 launched from. First oh. one to shout out, get to. Mark Kennedy. Oh, fucking. Five centre. He's got it. <laughs> oh, so, oh, man. That's actually... That's actually I thought you were going to leave it hanging at Mark Kennedy and that was it. <laughs> was it Space Station or something like that? Mark Kennedy Space Centre, yeah, he's got Keeping it. Out. He's off the mark. Is right, this second finger first, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, second one. Famous actor in Western movies and former Wolves player who started his youth career at Man City. Clint Freddie Eastwood. He's back. What was Shoot, the answer to you, that? You, you're going you're to be working overtime on the edit tonight. You are. It better recorded it. You know, it's still saying it's still saying it's recording. I fucking hope so. <laughs> Did you hear the answer to that one? No. Uh, John Wayne Hennessy. Oh fuck yeah! Of course it. Was. <laughs> <laughs> right, next one. Uh, scorer of our first Premier League win and actress that rose to fame in The Mask. Colin Cameron Diaz. Oh, yes. He's in. Yeah. He's in. Too fast. There we go. <laughs> oh, you can't forget her in The Mask, though, can oh, you? Yeah, that was a breakthrough performance. That's, that's right what there. got me the answer, not Colin Cameron. <laughs> 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 right, the last one. Uh the answer to which provides not a very nice mental image, but you'll find, you'll find out. Right, question. American-type sandwich and the Man City manager that Kevin Keegan took over from that beat Wolves to promotion in 2002? Oh, it's... I, I can repeat the question because that was a long one. Yeah, yeah, go on. So, American-type sandwich and the Man City manager that Kevin Keegan took over from that beat Wolves to promotion in 2002? Chicken Joe Royale. Oh, it's good, but it's not right. It's is it Club Joe Royal Royal or something like that? Oh, you're you're both so close. You reckon, Luke? Well, you can keep guessing that because I don't think I don't think you want to have the guess you're out. I think you keep keep having the guess and let them see you don't know. I got a clue. It's definitely <laughs> Joe Royal involved yeah. somewhere. Joe Royale with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Sloppy Joe Royale. He's oh, he's got there it. You go. yeah. That's good. He's got it. That was good. Yeah. And the reason why it gives some, I get gives a bad mental image. Joe Robin. Sloppy. Sloppy Joe Royal. <laughs> good work, Dan. That's good work. So, Lukey takes it. I have got a tiebreaker, but we don't need it now because. Uh, Luke has run away with it. I'll say run away with it. Two, one, zero. Uh, so that brings us on to Twitter Corner. Uh, we haven't had too many questions, to be fair, but I've got one here from Ash Dolan, who says, what is your typical pub quiz team name? And, and why is it Squirtle Squad? <laughs> <laughs> so when you do pub quiz, what's your team name? Unless none of you did pub quizzes. I can't remember that's how I went to pub quiz. The closest thing I could think of is um, like a five-a-side team name. Um, 
once had brush your teeth. <laughs> that was mine. Was it? Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there yeah. you go. No. Oh, I thought I thought it was quite quite unique that. But <laughs> <laughs> The last, the last one I did was you talking about ten years ago was wet Dereen. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, an actual football. Well, the, the other two questions are kind of actually ser- relatively seriously football based. Um, are we surprised to see Marcel start straight away, and does that mean Vinagra on his way out, perhaps? Uh. Mm, I, I didn't read too much into Vinagre not starting today. I think when you look at Marcel, he's, look at the experience that he's, he's got throughout his career. Um, and I think that's more so the reason to him starting than Vinagre being on his way. Yeah, and, and you had Troyore on the right-hand side being Troyore, doing Troyore things. You couldn't have two wing-backs just being silly, can you? So it makes more sense to have the cover on one side than both. So I don't see anything. All right, then. I think that probably brings us to a close, really. You can ponder that thought for yourself. If you can't wait for your next fan cast fix, then please, by all means, delve into our back catalogue. We've got stories from the pack, season two of which is starting soon, but season one is fully available for you to go and listen to. We've got the film cast, where most recently the guys covered the Damned United. And also not forgetting the media series as well that was um, run by our former head honcho, Dave Evans. Um, so that's all, folks, really. So um, it's bye from Gully. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> bye from Stu. <laughs> See you later. And it's bye from Luke Thompson. See you later. See you in a bit. See you later.